going on everybody mitch michaels here time for another edition of the money mitch effect shorter show this week we're talking tennis with ian dunn panda jumbo clip a man of many nicknames co-worker of mine from the tennis world and we are going to discuss all things wimbledon roger federer upset by kevin anderson nadal and del potro playing the match at the tournament Djokovic rounding into form serena williams's return to the wimbledon final Rematch against Angie Kerber and a lot of upsets, to say the least, on both draws. It's the Money Mitch Effect, Wimbledon 2018 with Ian Dunn. Let's start the show. All right, finally making his long-awaited debut to the Money Mitch Effect. Talks of tennis, Wimbledon action. My tennis channel co-worker, Ian Dunn. What's up, man? Money, Mitch, we finally did it, dude. It only took us three years of working together. <laughs> only three? Only three. Hey, we were on different wavelengths. The artist, still currently known as Panda. Yeah, a Jumbo T- Clip, a.k.a. Panda, a.k.a. I've been called many things. Backbench legend at TC1. Yes. I think first team all backbench Definitely. in the Hayden you know, area. Molded but, to the chair. Molded, yeah. But no, it's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. And of course, as we were saying... To finally talk tennis the day after your hero goes out blowing two sets to love. Yeah, it's nice that you picked today to uh, bring me in for this. I wanted to say, too, like everybody that knows me, like I'm a Federer fan, but you're on another level. Hey, man, Fed, Fed got me into the sport. I, even in his losses, I became a fan of Federer. And without him, I don't know what I'd be doing for a job right now. So right. thank you, Roger Federer. Thank uh, you, except for yesterday. I mean... <laughs> Which was yes, a weird yes. match. I want to get into that as well as some other things. We'll, we'll talk about we're recording this right before the semi, so this will hopefully get to you guys before the men's semifinals. The women's final is set. But that match in particular was a great day of tennis. Everyone hypes up Manic Monday, and there was a lot of matches. But that men's quarterfinal day was awesome. I mean, it, pretty much every match was great. It was unbelievable, the, the amount of tennis. I, I had a bunch of friends texting me all day that don't ever watch tennis. And they're like, this, this is, tennis is like this all the time. Why am I not a fan? I'm like, well. Yeah. It's not, not like this yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's not like this all the time. Well, you know? wait, wait, you see Delray Beach. But oh, no. yeah. Oh, 2.50 in the <laughs> middle of February, 4 a.m. But, yeah, man, it was, it was honestly one of the best days of tennis. I think the Federer match, 13-11, could have gone either way. Coin flip. And, I mean... Delpo Nadal. Delpo Nadal. It was stupid. Yeah, every point was amazing. Delpo lunging for everything. It was it was great tennis. Maybe Nishikori Djokovic won four sets. That was a good match, better than a lot of people thought. And even Isner Milos, not the most aesthetically (laughs) pleasing, pleasing, but only two tie breaks. That I think that was probably the upset of the day. (laughs) There's only two tie breaks. Only two tie breaks in that match. It was a great day of tennis, even with the upsets, and you could argue that makes the sport even more fun that it wasn't predictable. Yeah. There were upsets involved. That you have a semifinal matchup between two college tennis players that were known as serving specialists and yeah. didn't even really set the college tennis ranks on fire. Federer losing up two sets to love, though, to Kevin Anderson, who was the U.S. Open finalist. It's not like he's a complete shocker. He's, yeah. Federer's actually had worse losses at Wimbledon, but he had a match point in the third set. And he's only done this two other times in his career, lose in a major two sets to love lead. I, I don't know if it was predictable that he'd have a tough time breaking Anderson, mm-hmm. but that fifth set, 
Anderson, I'll give him credit because he played amazing. It wasn't like Federer. He was zoning, choked. man. He was zoning every time. Uh, every time Fed would get to thirty on Anderson's serve, he tried to do this this chip volley off of his serve and and come in and try to cover the net. And Anderson was hitting these ridiculous winners left and right when Fed was coming in. The passing shots. I mean, every single thing that he was doing was working. And I gotta say, I don't think there's a more positive player on court than Kevin Anderson. It's surreal, isn't it? It, it's, just, it almost looks fake. Like he, every single point, he's like, yes, yes, yes. Come on. And it's just, like, dude, it's it's point number two, and like, just. I get the side that he needs it to kind of get himself going. Yeah, and, and yeah. As much sense as we've seen, he's doing that in Long Island in the two fifty. Yeah, hey man, and his, New know. York Open, baby. And uh, it's you can criticize Federer's approach to some of those key points, but there was maybe the one chunk volley in the net and. I'm drawing a blank which game because they all blur together. Yeah. But Anderson did hit a lot of big shots. He had 30 love where if he gets broke, the match is over, he's and he's hitting winners. You yeah. know, So it helps had with that serve. Had to come serve. up with that tennis at that time, and he did. It helps with that serve. And I will say it's always going to be harder to beat a player like a Nadal, like a Djokovic. But there's something that I think even the greats would tell you about playing a guy with a monster serve like that. Yeah. And even when you get into that fifth set, Anderson knows he's got that in his back pocket, and Fed's thinking – if I don't take advantage of a break, I might never get this chance again. Yeah, and that's in the back of his mind every time he's serving. At the beginning of Wimbledon, we heard some rumblings that the grass was bouncing a little higher mm-hmm. than it was in years past, and that, that might be the reason that Nadal's gone so far, is that he's getting more whip. But I think we've seen that the big servers have really, really been helped out by the, the change in the grass, if there mm-hmm. was a huge change. I mean, Isner, Raonic... Anderson, right. <laughs> those guys are traditionally guys that would have made long runs at Wimbledon in the '90s and early 2000s that we haven't seen in a long time, as the grass has gotten slower and the bounces, you know, aren't as mm-hmm. bad. There's a lot of factors in that. I think that's definitely a main one. You never really know, though, like how the draw is going to open up, how the grass is going to, I'd say, deteriorate for yeah. lack of a better word. Yep. Like some this year, it is definitely holding up better than in most. It was weird to see Federer on court one. I think that'll be in his contract now. He's never yeah, going to play Anderson there again. almost beat Murray on court one a couple of years ago. Remember that match, yeah. And, and it was really close. I think Anderson loves playing on court one. He's also, Anderson, what, he also had two sets to love on Djokovic that went to like a rain delay yeah, one year. Yeah, same deal, yeah. He He's a gamer, well. and it, it may not be, like we said, I, it's not so much that it's boring, but when you get you get spoiled by guys like Nadal, yes, Djokovic, yes. Del Potro, Federer. And then you're like, oh, Kevin Anderson. But uh, it's not. Anderson, he's just got a big serve and a good forehand. But look where it can take Best you. Best I mean, tennis of, of his life, without a doubt, the year he's had from U.S. Open till now. Yeah. It's been amazing. Even did some, even did well on the clay, too. So it's not like he's just showing up in certain moments for, for real tennis fans. They see he's a player. I don't want to say what's next for Fed, like we're writing him off. For sure. He can recover from losses. We've seen him do that better than anyone. And, and look, you know, he is 36, 37. He's not... Nobody's as good as he was in yeah. 05, 06. But I do think even he would admit that when you lose a chance like this, it's, it's a wasted opportunity. It's one of the few opportunities you might have left because it's not yeah. going to last Absolutely. forever. Absolutely. I think that in the moment, right after the match, Fed came out and did his usual press conference, and he said, you know, this loss really does hurt, but I've had losses like this. I'll mm-hmm. move on. But I think, like you said, it, it's going to hurt a little bit. He took all of the clay season off to win Wimbledon again. And he lost Hala. And at the end of Hala, he said, man, I've played a lot of tennis these last two weeks. I mean, he just took a huge chunk of time off before yeah. that. And he's saying two weeks in a row is making right. him really tired. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, how much would he have had in the tank had he beaten Anderson? He said he was physically exhausted. He's never felt like that before. So Fed's getting old. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to say it's his last chance. I'm the biggest no. Fed guy there is. I maybe mean, he shouldn't have been climbing the mountains with Barry Grylls too. Yeah, I mean, maybe that that's might, what it is, man. I, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's only had what four losses all year. That's yeah, it. he's still so he's still playing out of his mind. I mean, he was a bad call away for beating Delpo at Indian Wells, uh, Kokonakis. I mean, you're gonna have losses <laughs> like that mm-hmm. to a guy named Tanasi. You know, yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's unfortunate. We would have liked to see Federer go on, but it, it's great for the sport. The, the other bad thing is. It wasn't even the match of the day. <laughs> I, that, how crazy is that? Thirteen eleven is not the match. Because of the day. I think we'd have to run the tape, but I feel like Del Potro and Nadal played more match time. Absolutely, I think Fed Anderson was under four hours, and I believe Nadal Delpo was like four thirty or something like that. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. It was three three plus after the fourth set. I mean, those yeah. guys were just hammering the ball. I, what the level match. was great. The I, whole match. I, it sucks that Delpo might never get past being a bridesmaid Ugh. at the ultimate level. Like, he's gotten to that point where he literally has established himself as yeah. the most talented guy outside of the big four, big three. Absolutely. But that what was cool about that match is whether you like Nadal, whether you like Delpo, whether you're a fan of just tennis in general, you could clearly see that those guys were just laying it all on the line. Yeah, every point was the last point of their life. They they put everything they had into Full it. Full stretch yeah, dives, I mean, like just diving into the crowd. It was like old school Wimbledon. It was amazing. Every point was great. There was one game that I think Nadal was serving late in the fifth where it was like 23 points. That yeah, they, and that was the game was Delpo like unbelievable. had. It was the hold the 5-3, and that was oh. the game. And that Delpo hit a 107-mile-an-hour forehand in that match. Yeah, yeah, that was sad to see Delpo go because... As a Fed fan, I had a chance to hate Del Potro in 09 after he beat Fed yeah. in the U.S. Open final. But how can you hate a guy like that? He's got weapons. He's been he's my fun. second favorite since. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's and, just... and as a known Nadal hater who is trying to reform himself. <laughs> and then you're going to say someone known with injuries also. You can oh, relate. yes, yes, yes. Ankle injuries that linger. Uh, lower body extremities. Yeah, that'll happen. Foosball. Mini foosball. But no, Del Po, uh, you, you want to root for a guy like that because... We're shocked to even be seeing him playing tennis at this point. It's crazy to be honest. They were saying he was never going to hit a backhand with two hands again, and, and when he first came back, he was hitting slice oh, one hand. Both the whole heard time. people of higher stature say he probably should retire. Absolutely. And, and after a second is. wrist surgery, who could blame him for you know hanging up the racket? I think Del Paul's going to have a big summer. I do. Yeah. I think you know the last two years have just been this journey to not just be back, but to be back at the top. How he did in hard court, winning Indian Wells, and, and he didn't get tired a little in Miami, yeah. but I think he's going to have a good summer. I think the chances that he wins a big tournament are likely, whether that's it. a major or one of the two Masters events, but we'll see what happens. Adal is just, he is on another level now. And, and you know what? He's a better yeah. player than he was. With Federer, you can say, look, like he had that stretch run in 04, 04 to 06 that were ungodly. All surface wise, Taking just the clay side out of it, Nadal's a better player than he was eight, nine years ago. The well, backhand's I'll, I'll, better. I'll one-up you with that one. How about this? Would you take Federer and Nadal in 2008 or Federer and Nadal in 2018? Collectively? Is that who, what we're who, saying? Who is better? The the tandem team of Fed Nadal 2018 or Fed Nadal 2008? I'm still going to go 08. You think so? Yeah, I... I, I have. No, I feel like I haven't seen that. Nadal play this well it's, in, yeah. in eight years. 
He got beat four times by Fed last year. So that's another thing that it's weird how the ebbs yeah. and flows go of tennis. Another guy we're going to talk about next is, is on the up and up. But Nadal, the way he's played, it's just, I mean, Joe, Del Poe is right there. He's probably yeah. beating everybody else in that locker room, including Joe Fish and Federer that day. He's come up against Nadal three times in the last four majors. I mean, that's yeah. that's tough. That's tough. You're yeah. not going to beat a guy like Nadal maybe at any major. I, I mean, mean, French is one thing because it's Nadal. Of course, that's his home. But he's taken sets, multiple sets in this case, off of him in majors. He's made him earn it, I think. Wasn't it nice to see Nadal in a battle? It really I feel was. like we haven't seen him in a battle in a long time. He's just wiping everybody off the court. And this is the Brett Connors corner, but the Del Potro tiring people out. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. just saying it's a brutal draw for an adult. Yeah. Kind of. This is why I know it'll never happen, and I'm half joking, but I support <laughs> reseeding in majors. Yes, it's like absolutely. The crowd is going to see a semifinal. <laughs> that is the final. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, who, honestly, like if Isner Anderson serves away to the Wimbledon title, it'll be an upset, but. The, the point being, you're seeing the premier match early. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of what happens in And the that's not, not necessarily a bad thing. I think it just shows you how great of a match that was. You know, you, you can't be upset that, you know, an Isner and Anderson may, you know, bump out of a final or, or come up and win one. But I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see maybe we get, you know, a first-time champion. If not, Joker Nadal, who, who extends their, you know, it, well, it's... It's interesting, man. You got two guys who have been there and two dudes who exactly. have barely been there. It's a Money Mitch effect. Ian Dunn still chatting tennis, Wimbledon action. Novak Djokovic looks like he's, I don't want to say back, because back for him is winning a major. Yes. It's pretty close to being back. I'll tell you, I don't like to give props to a lot of people. Justin Gimmelstab said before this tournament started, Djokovic is back. He's going to make a run. And I think we all kind of were like, yeah, you know, he might be back. He has looked great in every single game, every single match he's played. Even the adversity, like losing a set to Admin, to, admin, to Nishikori, yeah. still coming back to win the match. One thing, one thing in particular that I like about him is that passion's there now. It's oh, not he happy cares. Go, it's not happy-go-lucky Joker. Which, he cares. To be fair, I'm not knocking being having that approach. I mean, Federer has that approach and Dawes has that approach. Yep. But it was too much. It was too much, oh, well, this is just how it is, accepting defeat a little bit. Yep. Getting a little angst, getting a little, you know, against the British crowd, against the Shikori and the line and the that's umpire the a little bit. I like to see that a little uh, bit. I think you need that fire. He's he's always been the guy that's been the funny guy or the fire guy. He's he's always had this aura about him that he's not a Nadal or a Federer or a guy that'll just sit there and give you the same answer every time. I think he did lose a little bit of his passion for tennis. You know, when all the the family stuff went on and everything happened, mm-hmm. I think he just. But once he once he completed four in a row when he won the French, I think that was like, well, what's my goal? Now? Exactly, and I think that's the part that doesn't get. Well, obviously, the injury needs to be discussed too. He he was dealing with some stuff, clearly getting surgery, yep. and the personal stuff. What we know or what we don't know is always going to play a factor. But the part that doesn't get enough play, I think, is his whole life he was chasing. He was the hunter. Yep. Nadal, Federer. I want to. I want to win the Aussie Open a bunch of times. Win Wimbledon. Win the U.S. Open. Finally get my French Open. World number one. He got there, and yeah. then it's like, now what? And and I think, if anything could be good in losing, it's getting knocked off his perch a little bit. Showed him, okay, it's not given. Like yeah. you got to battle for this. Now you're over thirty. Now people are picking against you again. Yeah, you've lost to Dennis Istomin at the Australian Open. Right? Yeah, like that old. Query <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you know. some of those losses. You're Taro Daniel, like. He had this clay court season was brutal up until he, he did 
he did have one tournament where he would made, made that run and lost to Nadal, but he had some pretty yeah. brutal losses on his resume. Tough. I think when he, I'm so fascinated by that matchup. As much as I like Federer, as much as I like the Federer and Nadal rivalry, when Nadal and Djokovic play, it's just to me the most fascinating matchup I've ever seen. Most evenly matched. I mean. Their styles are so different, but they they just work so well. Nadal together. is never going to quit. He's probably you could say that more about him than anybody who's ever played tennis, man yeah. or woman. He will fight for every point. Djokovic will get everything back. Yeah. So they could play six hours again. Like it's like the Australian Open in twenty twelve was the never ending match, and in even more so than Isner Mahut or all the other yeah. all time long matches. They were just they were rallying. Like, it, was, it, was just, it was amazing. It was, every, it was just like the Delpo and Adal. Yeah. Every but the rallies would be extended. I think it's going to be. I hope it's amazing. Classic. I hope it's amazing. I hope it's not a dud. I would love to see a battle like we saw Fed go through, even Nadal go through again, because that rivalry deserves it. It, it may be the best rivalry in tennis. That's and that rivalry has had its ups and downs, like most rivalries. But tennis, a lot of swings in that tennis rivalry. history tends to say. Younger guy pushes, knocks on the door, finally breaks through. Occasionally, you'll get the reverse. You'll get the flip around where a guy might age a little better or worse. But yeah. this one's been all over the place. Yeah, like this has been streaks. Streaking. Nadal pretty much owned him early. Djokovic caught on. Nadal held him off. Djokovic went on the tear of his yeah. life. Eleven and thirteen or eleven and fourteen. He he must have beaten Nadal like ten times. It, it was. And they played what? This is the fifty second time they're going to play. 26, yeah. 25 yeah, Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them have been before the first week of a major in a long, long time, if ever. I mean, they're always playing for big, big matches. It's pretty crazy that it's the one guy that I don't think Nadal can fully physically wear down, Federer included, because yeah. Djokovic's stamina is on another level. I. He's Gumby, man. He's he's Gumby come to life. He's, he he can get everything back. Gluten free Gumby. Gluten free Gumby. Trademark that. Yeah. He he gets everything. But he's amazing. He he might be the greatest athlete to ever play tennis. Djokovic. It. Yeah, that's man. Yeah, you have a hard case against. Nah, I mean, who else do you pick? It's just tough. Uh, it's going to be a good match. And then even if Isner Anderson is an ace fest, I want to. I do want to give props to John Isner though because thirty three. To make this breakthrough, yeah. I know yeah. the sports are getting different. People are giving more attention to training and dieting and flexibility, but it's still crazy that he never even made the fourth round here before this year. That on a, on a was, surface you think would be great for him, but also just sticking with it and maybe it's a little outlasting guys and and perfecting your craft. But he has looked like a different player. Still not the best mobility, yeah. but getting to average tour level and that's really all you need with him yeah he's got that weapon man that serve is so great so unreturnable if he's on how do you get the ball back I and, he, mean, and you know losing the first serve mentally I do think he's getting tougher losing the first set to Milos and being in a tie break that went you know 9-7 deep yeah so it's 7 all in that second set tie break I definitely don't think Isner five six years ago figures out a no, way to Isner win Isner last and, year loses that in straights yeah you know? and you know falls apart but he could easily be in the Wimbledon. That it, the odds on that are so fascinating. Both total pickups, so you're basically looking at like yeah. eleven ten. He's looking at that. That's crazy. Both, you're both or ten eleven, I should say. All minus one tens for all the non gambling fans out there. You're never going to get even because the house needs to make a little money. But yeah. that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty fair too. Like I both of them. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that going in. Uh, the way it's looked though, I would definitely. Say it's a pick em for both, especially at Djokovic and Dahl match. Yeah, nobody has any clue, even them, who's going to win that match. I would worry if I did. Well, we'll do picks now. I'm going to pick Isner Djokovic for the final, and I think 
I'm more confident in Joker than Isner. And I'm okay. saying Joker, there's the letdown factor for Anderson. Mm-hmm. For Joker, Nadal hasn't played this deep into Wimbledon in a long time. He just went five with Delpo. Yeah. I think that might be a deciding factor. I think Joker's rounding into form. He's got his like confidence, his swagger back. No, I mean, you'd be a fool to bet against Rafael Nadal on anything. That's true. But That's true. If, if, and I'm not totally confident in this, but I do like Joker in that matchup. Oh, my picks. I should have thought harder about this. That's why it's better to not, because yeah. it's just, just off the cuff. One of my friends asked me for some betting advice and asked me, who do I like? Then okay. you said, don't bet on women's tennis. Yeah, do not bet on women's tennis <laughs> ever. If someone tells you a theory they have where you always bet the underdog, don't listen. But I think for this, I really like Kevin Anderson, man. Mm-hmm. I really like and- I'm. I feel like Anderson's going to go out there. His wingspan... He can get every return back. Again, go back to the positivity. No one has ever been as positive as him. If he goes down an early break or goes down an early set or two sets, he still feels like he can come back. He came back two sets of love on Federer. I mean, insane. Sanga did that, and we were all like, oh, that'll never happen again. You know, and it's happened, you know, two other times. But I think Anderson, as much as I I think it'd be a great story for Isner to get through, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge Isner fan. Just because of the ace and forehand factor. That's all he does. But for an American to be in a slam final, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's great for our growth. We have 11 dudes in the top 100, America. Yeah. That's a lot of guys. And I think that it's just going to keep growing if we get guys, even though Isner's the older generation, get those guys in finals. But I'm going to say Anderson. Okay. And I'm going to say Novak Djokovic as well. Yeah, I can't. Nadal's Nadal, and like you said, you'd be a fool to bet against him. But I think Joker's back. You, you said you didn't want to say it. I'll say it. I'll make a stand. Joker's okay. back. If he wins that, he's back. Like, well, I, I do think winning a major has to solidify. But if he beats Nadal in a Grand Slam, if he beats him in a Grand Slam. Absolutely. Now, do you think that either Anderson or Isner could win the final if they get through? I think it's the question. I do. Well... I still feel more confident in a guy like Isner to have a chance. Like, yeah. whether or not he gets by Anderson is one thing, but that style, he's beaten Djokovic in a in a premier event. I think Indian Wells. On yeah, in four a final. Yeah. yeah, he beat Nadal in the Labor Cup. I know we don't take a lot from that, but I just think that his specific style might frustrate them a little more. Definitely frustrate Nadal if you look at the guys he's lost to at Wimbledon. I mean, just yeah. last year, Gilles Mueller, so yeah, they big servers, could. big forms. Anderson could win, and and it would be the first college tennis player since Macaro oh, to win a major. Either one of those guys. We're going to have a college oh. tennis player in the final. That's amazing. Illinois, I don't Georgia. know how I feel about that, to Illinois, be honest Georgia. I thought that was the outback out ball. Does that mean Steve Johnson's going to make a final? Oh, well. With no backhand? Well, Jack Sock didn't go to college, so. Oh, yeah. Probably should have. We'll see what happens. All right, Ian Dunn, Money Mitch Effect. Let's talk about the women for a little bit. Okay. Serena Williams is back in the final. It's a 2016 rematch uh, of the Wimbledon final, her and Angie Kerber. But not a bad final considering the fact that we lost all 10 seeds before, what, the quarterfinals? The more things <laughs> change, Mitch, the more they stay the same, my man. Pliskova was the only one left. Pliskova yeah. and Halep made it to the round of 16 and then choked. Or no, Halep didn't even make it to the round of 16. And I had no trust in Pliskova <laughs> to make any sort of and run she, once she was the last one up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought, you know, I thought... That was my pre-tournament pick to win, and I just figured, given the parity, yeah. her serve. I know she hadn't made the, the third round of Wimbledon, but she finally did. Yeah. 
beat Azarenka. You know, but at the end of the day, Pliskova was the only seeded top ten per girl to lose to a seed. Yeah, at least she lost <laughs> so to a seed. Like, at least she we, lost to a seed. Yeah. What are we doing there? It's so unpredictable. Uh, you could run through them all. Halep's loss was the worst. Inexplicable. Yeah. Five two in the third against. There's a lot of ugliness in the women's Whoever side. Whoever that was, I don't even know. Who yeah, she it could have been anybody. You, you never. Sloan know. is a disaster or a hit. It's the, one or the yeah, other. The WTA is like the NFL. You know, you've mm-hmm. got a couple people who can win all the time, and then a bunch of teams that'll just beat each other up. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this: as much as the negativity there is in the WTA about all these seeds losing, how about Julia Gerges, man? She in the last five straight years lost in the first round of Wimbledon. Gerges and it's made the run to the semis. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, you know, and she's over thirty as well, rounding into form as well, peaking, yeah. playing her best. Couldn't beat Serena in the semis, but that's a tough ask. And, and she, how could you? Serena, Serena. You know? She would have had to serve lights out. It was just all right. I mean, you really, with without her being able to run down a lot, she's going to have to You want to say it's a bad matchup, but everybody's a bad matchup exactly. to Serena. You know? Serena's run's impressive. I mean, you got to give her credit. It's just, it's it's impressive that she's running back to form, although this is the surface for her to do this. And that's yep. like Federer later in her, later in her career. It's impressive She's to, have the best to see her do it. She hasn't really beaten any no. great players, but then again, you can only play who's yes, in front. Yeah, it's not her fault. So being choked and yeah, and and Rodina's not going to beat you. You know, not going to beat. Oh, Serena. we didn't even talk about Madison Keys. <laughs> Couldn't beat Rodina on one show leg. Up? Did Madison Keys show up to the, the tournament? Third of that match, Rodina was limping. Yeah, and she still beat Madison Keys. Worst place you can be in a women's match is upset in the break. Yeah. We talked about betting. I think the next strategy that we discussed was just throw like five dollars on every underdog matchup. Yeah, that's the Moglin theory. If, if you bet on every <laughs> oh, underdog, now I you're have bound my to doubts. hit. <laughs> now I have my doubts. Although if it's the Moglin theory, it probably doesn't actually do it. That's true. That's uh, a good point. But I but I digress. Uh, Kerber's run actually yeah. was pretty good, all things considered. Didn't beat a didn't beat a top ten top ten seed. She came in at eleventh, but Osaka, Ostapenko. Yeah. Um, and then Kasakina, not in that order, but... Great players. Beat good players, and they all had great summers, too. Yeah. You know, we have uh, Osaka wins, uh, wins Indian Wells, and the other two Beat Kasakina, yeah. yeah. Beat, I mean, that's... Yeah, and then you have Ospenko was a finalist at Miami. So she's beating good players. She's back. It surprised me she wasn't a top 10 seed, to be honest. Yeah. Because I always thought, still, her game was top 10. She had one bad year. She's streaky, but, I mean, she can play. She can beat Serena, too. Man. Like, uh, it not... Has beaten her in a slam final. How many people can say that? I mean, she did it. That Wimbledon match two years ago. Straight sets, but a lot closer than people are going to remember. I think it was like 6-4, 6-4, but it, it felt it like a, a three-setter. Yeah, a lot was, closer. I think Serena got the break in both 5-4 games. Yeah, late. Very late. It, I love Kerber. She's great. She's she's crafty. She's a lefty. She'll, she'll spin you around the court. Maybe the best defender on the women's side. And her counterpunching. It's very Djokovic-like in the sense that not only can she defend, but she can put power on her shots yeah. as well. Defense to offense. There's a lot to like and dislike. Obviously, you're playing against Serena Williams, who pounces second serves. Yep. Kerber's second serve isn't the best. Her first serve's not great either. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not Serena in her prime. It's not. So maybe that helps a little bit as well, too. I'm fascinated by this matchup, and I, I'm kind of leaning Kerber here. I think Kerber's a good pick. Leaning, it's another like it, it's a coin flip because I'm still it's Serena, it's, Serena's it's, best, Serena. It, it's and it's Serena's best opponent. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, in this Wimbledon run, I'd say I'm leaning Kerber as well. 
I would not be surprised if Serena wins the straights. No, no, I wouldn't either. Kerber has faded pretty fast in matches yeah. too, which is par for the course. And I think we've seen the only one that can beat Serena is Serena's body. It's the only thing that's been able to. You stop know, one her. of the things you're right. One of the things that I've been noticing. Obviously, she pulled out of uh, the French Open with the pec issue, yeah. and it hampered her serve. Like we watched that doubles match she played the day before she pulled out. It was, yeah, that it was, was awful. Not good. She's been serving well, but it's not vintage Serena well. No, and I wonder if it, you know. You look at ace totals. You look at first. You look at the opponent's return on on points in play. The numbers aren't what they were. That's going to help Kerber out a lot as well. But Serena's still, I mean, it's like Nadal, heart of a champion, mentally yeah. tough, is going to find a way to grind out big points. Not as many free points, though, for Serena. You know Kerber's going to get balls in play. Right. So, I mean, it, it might come down to how well Serena can play her offense, first-strike tennis. We need, that, we need that game plan of Kerber from the Aussie Open where it's just slice, spin, everything, run everything throw everything down, at her. just kitchen sink. Bring, bring Serena to the net more. Yeah. Where she's not as confident as she was. I don't think anybody went into that match thinking Kerber was going to win the no, match. You know, no. Like, Kerber, what was funny was, what I remember was, the U.S. Open before, randomly the match maybe of the women's tournament was her and Azarenka just hit the hell out of the ball. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Then she gets Azarenka in the semis, I think, of the Aussie that year and beats her. And it's like, wow, okay, Kerber made the final. She gets yeah. to lose to Serena now. Yep. And beats her. It was something. It, something flipped for uh, for Kerber. Something changed, and she just figured out her game. And you saw last year she had a terrible year because it's hard to back up three major finals in one year. Yeah, three major finals, two championships. I mean, that's crazy. World number one. And she there had has only been like twenty five. Yeah. She was year end number one. There's only been like fifteen women in history. Hall of Famer. So Angelique Kerber, Hall of Famer. Oh, easily now. Easily and now if she wins a third, is she the female Stan? Where she just randomly can beat top players in yeah. tournaments? Like She's not undefeated in major finals, but... 0-19 all-time against number but ones. But we're talking, it would be two majors against Serena, and one against Pliskova, who was number two or three in the world at that time, Who too. almost had match points in that match, if I remember. Beat Serena right before. So yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. We're going to get a new major... We're going to get a returning major final. It's either Serena gets number 24, which is... Insane. It would wow. time We're not talking enough about how great Serena is. I mean, 24 majors, man. But it would be Kerber's third. But either way, we're going to get what would arguably be so it would be the seventh or sixth straight if we reset it. But if Kerber wins seven straight, seven different women to yeah. win the slam. Yep. Serena would basically sh- chop her off the end of that stretch and still be six different women in six slams. So the point being, parody just. Anybody could win at any moment on the cool, women's side. But I, I get both sides of it. I get wanting that next generation to take hold. Well, that's what we've lost on the men's side is that Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray have destroyed an entire generation of men's There's players like, what, from four, becoming champions. There, there'll be nobody under 30. Got to give yeah. Brett that credit, too. He brought that up when Milos yeah. and Delpo turned 30. That's it. <laughs> Unless, Dang, that's Yeah, crazy. I mean, because they're all over 30 now. So, yeah, it's, it's official now. Wow. Old man's game. It really is. Uh, but Ian, this was a blast. Yeah. Liked coming on. Finally got it done, man. How are the Braves doing? I'm just curious, dude. They are having a great season. For the past four years, I've watched a lot of losses. Uh, shout out to Bombo for letting me use his MLB TV. Great dude. Um, <laughs> I've been using it for years. The Braves, man, they've made a run. I mean, it's funny. All the talk has been about the Braves, and they fell out of first place yesterday to the Phillies. And the Phillies only have one All-Star. The Braves have five. So, 
It's an interesting division because the Nats aren't going anywhere. It's like, a three-horse race. The Nats actually don't look like they're a good team. They don't gel no, very well. No, but Harper's only hit, what, like 218? Yeah, it's it's not. The Nats are not good, okay? But they could be great. That's the thing. So it's going to be a fun season for to be a Braves fan. I'm sure they'll blow it in the end. Right. But I'm still going to be along for the ride. Here's what you have going for you. NL playoffs are wide open. Oh, yeah. I feel like as an Indians fan, I'm in a lame duck season. They're about to they just blew it, it looked like against the Yankees tonight. But it doesn't matter. But it's like they'll get to the playoffs, but yeah. it's like, yep. you know. I will say this, though. The fact that Jose Ramirez is just mashing, hit another bomb tonight, that's like 28. That's the most any Indians players had at the All-Star break. Now, he has 28? 28, tied for Major League. Why is he not in the home run derby? I, I couldn't Why tell are there that. seven National League dudes in the home run derby? It's like, I don't think guys that... I saw. I don't think guys that don't make the All Star game should be in it. I want. I agree. All Stars yeah. to be in it. There's no. It should guys be the All Stars. That's why the, I think they cheated to get Aguilar in yeah. for the Brewers. Stuff the ballots a little bit. No, here's a fun fact for you out there, especially if you hate the Yankees. Judge, Which I do. Which Judge I do. <laughs> do not have more home runs or a higher average, and I think either RBIs across the board is a duo than Jose Ramirez and Frankie Lindor. Francisco Lindor, constantly overlooked, man. That guy is good. Everybody talks about Manny yeah. Machado. Lindor is the Machado the guy. sweepstakes is interesting though because I feel like the smart thing to do for Baltimore would be send him to the send him to the National League. I think those are the, yes, but somebody knows they're going to be paying for a rental. And who are the teams that would pay for a rental? New York, yeah. Boston, maybe. Those NLS teams, because the Astros are just disgusting. But I've heard the Brewers a, a lot in the Machado race, and I think that that move makes a lot of sense for them. And I think that'd make them a really interesting team. But for one season, I mean, you, for baseball, you do have to kind of go in for your season because it's so long. And God, the NL. I mean, realistically, four four of the five best teams in baseball, most of them are all in the AL. Oh, very top. Which on makes the, AL. the NL so wide open. I mean, the Dodgers were written for dead; they're coming back. Yeah. The Brewers have looked good. The, the West is wide open. Like it's your division's great too. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a barn burner down the stretch. It'll come down to the end. It'll be a lot of fun. Trades are gonna be big this year. Do you think Machado goes? They have to trade him. They right? have to. They're gonna lose him for nothing. I mean, he he pretty much knows. The the funniest thing to me was the position change and how now yeah. he's committed to shortstop. Yeah, full time. So he's like, I won't, but he played third. So, you know, I, I missed that the first month of the season. Like, wow, this guy's a legit shortstop now. And a team like the Yankees, they're not going to move Gregorius. <laughs> like, no. this is... Or will they if they pay that much for Machado? Wow. It's fascinating. But always good to see, hopefully, the Yankees not go back. God. Don't want to see the Reds. Growing Sox up in New York, either. all my friends are Yankees and Mets fans. And I hate both of those teams. Well, the Mets aren't. <laughs> Mets started out okay, and then they just took a nose. Oh, down. man, it's beautiful watching the Mets lose, let me tell you. Yeah, I... <laughs> I believe that, but all right, Ian, this is fun. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yes, money. Now that we've uh, broken the seal on this, we've broken, we gotta. We've broken the seal. I can think of uh, another couple of guests that might want to do a multi-man podcast. Yeah, we as have well. to, man. So, Absolutely. Ian Dunn, Money Mitch Effect. Thanks again. All right, huge thanks to Ian Dunn for coming on today's show. And while I might not be the best at making predictions. You can take this one to the bank. He'll be back on this show again, and, and probably not alone. We gotta, we gotta get the mega powers together and really make some podcast tennis magic. But thanks to Ian Dunn for coming on. Huge shout out to Panda, as well as Brian Nelson for supplying the logo, Tim Adams for supplying the beats, and everybody out there for listening to the Money Mitch Effect, which can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Check out.
check us out at the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me at Twitter, Money Mitch M21. That was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports. Enjoy the Wimbledon Championships. And I'll be talking to you a little later, going on vacation next week. But I'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the summer. Until next time, this was the Money Mitch Effect.